welcome to episode 29 of Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. Podcast, blogcast, blogcast, podcast. That's where we're at. We're at episode 29. And for some reason, I was just thinking about how my grandmother claimed to be 29 for many years of her life. I feel like 29 and holding is a, is a thing that I heard a lot as a child, and it was very confusing. <laughs> um, yeah, like, do people still do that? It's weird. And, I, and it's completely, I don't think men do that. That's like a thing, you know, when you value women solely for their uh, looks and youth, um, of course, you're going to hold a 29. You turn 29 and you stay there until you're 85. And then I guess you don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> but yeah, my grandmother was 29 and holding for, for a long, long time. Uh, and Lord knows, I, I don't think I ever knew her at actual 29. That would, that would be almost impossible, wouldn't it? Yeah. So... <laughs> Anyway, that's what the number 29 made me think of. Um, so today we are sponsored by Casper Mattress. Just kidding, not. I mean, we're not sponsored by anybody. <laughs> it, there's so many. I listen to so many podcasts who have the same sponsors. So like, but sponsored by Blue Apron or Stamps.com or Casper Mattresses. These are the products that are paying for your podcasts, but not this one, folks. My patrons are paying for this podcast, so thank you to my patrons on Patreon. But they're actually paying for the blog. They're not paying for the podcast. The podcast is a bonus, actually. So no one is paying for the podcast except for me, um, and I give it to you. It would be nice if someone would pay for it. That would be cool, but... Not yet. It has not yet happened. But uh, yeah, let me know, stamps.com. <laughs> Come at me. Um, so, now, next, I am going to read to you a blog. This one I published a little while ago, and but but it, I actually published it pretty quickly. I feel like I'm I'm writing a lot more in the last month or so. Um, so I'm, I'm actually staying current with myself. There are a few that are, that are kind of in the hole that were written before the election, um, that I just haven't posted because I've been posting things that are a little bit more current. Um, but anyway, this one, um, is, yeah, it's a, it's a inspired by, um, a woman from history who I've become obsessed with. I'll tell you about it in the blog. But anyway, it's called It. We Almost Had It. Here you go. We almost had it. 38 years to go now. Ever since I read Marge Piercy's Sex Wars, a novel of Gilded Age New York, I have been obsessed with Victoria Woodhull, the first woman to run for president. I've read numerous biographies of her and her sister, Tennessee Claflin. Despite there being no shortage of plays, stories, and movies written about them, I have been unable to resist writing my own version of their story. It's either called Public Women or Hamlet Without the Ghost. 
When I read these histories, I see this extraordinary moment when women almost got the vote, when Victoria Woodhull could advocate for free love, and when women's rights almost happened in an expansive and profound way, and it didn't happen. The backlash was forceful and intense, and rather than ushering in a new age for women, it led to a more repressive age, and women didn't get the right to vote for another 38 years. Victoria Woodhull was a very modern woman in the late 1800s. She was a fierce advocate for women being able to divorce their husbands, for women to have access to birth control, and to be able to control their own lives. With their newspaper, she and her sister wrote about the cruelties many women were compelled to endure at the time. They told truths others were afraid to report. Victoria Woodhull insisted that she be allowed to speak to Congress. She and her sister were the first women, first women to run a stock brokerage, one specifically created to serve other women. Uh, how many of those have there been since? Woodhull wasn't perfect, but she was inspiring and a kicker open of doors. Part of my despair at the election results this year has been related to my sense of history. Hillary Clinton got much closer to being president than Woodhull ever did, but I fear the backlash will be the same, or maybe worse, because of it. History is full of these moments of women lifting their heads out of the fray and then fiercely being pushed back down. For one short day in November, before the horror kicked in, I could imagine what life would be like if we had a woman as president. And not just any woman, a highly capable, intelligent woman. And on that day, I felt like my life might be valuable, that I might finally be able to make a contribution to the world in a meaningful way, that there was hope for us. And then the hammer came down. And I am afraid that the repression that will follow will be a lot like what happened all those years ago. The same tropes have already emerged, punishing women for getting abortions, decriminalizing sexual assault, making birth control less available. It's an old, old strategy. And I am very afraid that the glorious freedom and future I imagined is now beyond the scope of my lifetime. That's what history suggests. I hope it will be different this time, but... History is history. In the end, Victoria Woodhull landed on her feet. She moved to England and had a jolly time of things with her third husband. But, but, what could have been for the rest of the country? That's the heartbreaker. The stories that have moved me the most in the aftermath of this election are all the little girls who watched their mothers devastated by the news and who will grow up to do something about it. I have heard numerous stories of tiny daughters proclaiming their candidacy for the future. This is gorgeous and encouraging, and I have faith that those little girls will make a better world for us. But we'll have to wait for them to grow up. I assume, given history's likelihood to repeat itself, that we will have to shoulder the burden of the patriarchy another 38 years, just as the women of the 1880s did. I hope it will be sooner. But given the circumstances, I doubt that it will. There you go. <laughs> that was, I think that may have been the first post-election blog I was able to write. I, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's, it, it, it actually, 
it's changing so much. I mean, it still actually breaks me up a little bit to, to read this one now because um, I, I still have access to those feelings for sure. Um, but I've shifted from total despair um, to fucking fury. So uh, I got my elbows out. I got my feet ready to kick. I got my knees ready to knee. I am all elbows and knees right now. So, yeah. But, yeah, the, the, the sadness and uh, despair is still in there for sure. Uh, so yeah, hey, that's the, that's the news from there. Um, I should give you a song. So, a song. So, a little pause there, um, and you'll notice a change in sound quality. I've switched over from the fancy mic to the mic in my computer, so you'll, you'll hear the difference. <laughs> Um, this is another Michelle Shock, Michelle Shocked song, and the blog about her is forthcoming. But meanwhile, um, here is another Michelle Shocked song. Enjoy. What's to be done with the prodigal son? Welcome him home with open arms. Throw a big party, invite your friends. Our boy has come back home. When a girl goes home with the oats he's sown, it's draw your shades and your shutters. She's bringing such shame to the family name. The return of the prodigal daughter singing, Oh, Cotton Eye Joe. doctor and I almost died when I told my mama lordy how she cried me and my daddy were never too close but he was there when I needed him most to say look here comes the prodigal son fetch him a tall drink of water but there's none in the cup cause he drank it all up laugh for the prodigal daughter singing oh For the cotton-eyed Joe I'd have been married a long time ago Yeah, I'd have been married a long time ago Out in the cornfield I stubbed my toe I called for the doctor cotton-eyed Joe I called for the doctor cotton-eyed Joe Look here comes the product Sun. Fetch him a tall drink of water But there's none in the cup Cause he drank it all up Left for the prodigal daughter Singing Oh, Cotton Joe Oh, Cotton Joe What's to be done with the prodigal son? Welcome 